This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned in to the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. The iconic SMK Convent Bukit Nenas made the headlines recently after it was reported that the Federal Territory's Land and Mines Department had decided not to renew the school's land lease. This led to an outcry as the people are now worried that the school might be demolished or relocated, destroying its legacy in Bukit Nenas and Kuala Lumpur. However, earlier this evening, the Prime Minister's office has since come out with a statement saying that the land lease has now been renewed for another 60 years after talks between all the stakeholders. But to unpack the story from the beginning, we speak to Shohana Shamsuddin, President of Perikabat or Malaysian Urban Design Association. She was involved in the drafting of the KL Heritage Trail Master Plan that was presented to DBKL and in the Master Plan, they included Convent Bukit Nenas as part of the trail. Do take note that this interview was done prior to the latest development that we mentioned earlier. Uh, recently, uh, in fact, in the last two days, I've been uh, receiving lots of uh, messages and then reading in the social media about the uh, concern from the public, especially from the alumni of uh, Convent Bukit Nenas, that the school did not get the granting of extension to the leasehold, which will expire early September. And the issue becomes a bit complicated because only one of the two lots of the school were not granted the, uh, the extension to the leasehold. So it's not the whole school, but actually part of the school. So that, that makes uh, matters a bit more uh, more more dodgy, and that's that's probably the reason why there is uh, an outcry because people will start to preempt that you know there might be something going on in the future regarding the fate of the CBN. This is in relation to because in the past even the other heritage school like uh, Bukit Bintang the schools was also demolished and uh, relocated elsewhere. And uh, that that actually, I think that was the reason why there is this panic going around because the people are suspecting that, you know, the same fate will happen to uh, CBN, even though uh, the statement from the federal territory says that it's nothing to do with the board building going to be demolished. It's just that it will be categorized as a fully funded uh, government school with the ownership uh, being revert back to the uh, government. But um, before all this while, Convent Bukit Nanas is actually one of the heritage schools uh, in Malaysia. It, it, it's the, one of the legacy of the, the colonial um, uh, ruling in the uh, country way back in the 19th century. And it, is, it has only been around for more than 100 years. So, and it has produced lots of very famous alumni. And it has also contributed to the character and uh, the townscape of the area uh, adjacent to the Bukit Lanash, which is actually the first forest reserve being gazetted right in the middle of the city. So with all these issues uh, going on, and then with this current trend of commercial development going encroaching into sensitive heritage areas, you know, people start to um, maybe... Um, not trusting, you know, that this kind of health experience will be given adequate protection in the future, especially when there is an issue about ownership. So um, that is actually that is the, the real concern at the moment. But uh, recently, the 
federal minister is willing to talk with the uh, school management and the stakeholders just to get more information on what's happening because there's lots of uh, public outcry, lots of petitions going around, even though there's nothing being said that the building is going to be demolished. Mm-hmm. So the, you can see the mistrust uh, on the part of the public when it comes to uh, heritage buildings. Mm. I understand that you didn't go to Kuala Lumpur Kedanas, but you have a slightly different relationship to the school, right? I think you drafted the KL Heritage Trail Master Plan and presented it to the BKL, mm. and in it you have mm. Kuala Lumpur Kedanas as part of the trail, right? Uh, so, what did you include yeah. it in your Heritage Trail Master Plan? Mm. Okay, um, when I was commissioned to do the Kuala Lumpur Heritage Trail Master Plan in 2016. It was a project under the Ministry of Federal Territory, Iconic Places, whereby at that time, under the uh, ETP, that time, Economic Transformation Program, they see that we should actually identify iconic places in uh, Kuala Lumpur to boost the tourism industry. Because uh, when it comes to tourism, uh, in KL, not many tourists come to KL and stay for long. Normally, uh, it's just like a transit. You know, they, they, they arrive in KL, And then they go to Malacca for short trip, half day trip, and then they will uh, they will go to the uh, Borneo, Sabah, Sarawak, or even to the other islands uh, for a holiday. So uh, one of the way to boost the tourism industry is to cater for this tourist, the cultural and heritage tourism. You know, people who go to places, you know, to see the culture and to see the heritage of the places, and actually KL has a lot to offer because as a capital city, it represents Malaysia, you know. There's a lot of things uh, historically that happened in Kuala Lumpur which we actually should take, uh, take advantage. So, although the, the project was commissioned by the Federal Ministry of Heritage, the project actually belongs, it's been parked under the Kuala Lumpur City Hall. So, when we do a study of Kuala Lumpur, the, the, the study actually only covers the KL City Center area. And uh, when we do we did the, the study, we identified about 13 places, character areas that have significance to the historical development of Kuala Lumpur. Uh, where the starting point is, like everybody put it in, you know, is where the Masjid Jamit stand, you know, the meeting point of two rivers. But actually, when in uh, our study, you know, the early beginning of Kuala Lumpur started at Bukit Nenas where during the times of Sultan Puasa and the Mandaling Committee, you know, who actually lived along the Kombak River, just at the foot of the Bukit Nanas. And Bukit Nanas is actually the stronghold of their leader, Sultan Puasa. And if you look at the location of Convent Bukit Nanas, it is actually hugging this hill. And Bukit Nanas itself is actually has historical significance because it was the first forest reserve that was uh, gazetted and it has a very unique location as being right in the center of a city and with lots of uh, uh, biodiversity that, that gives a break to the uh, city residents, you know, where you have nature uh, right smack in the city. And the fact that Kampung uh, Bukit Nenas was actually hugging this part of the city adjacent to Chinatown where the early settlement during the tin mining uh, industry uh, was uh, located. So we identified the Bukit Nanas area together with Kambon uh, Bukit Nanas and the other historical buildings that surround the, the hills as one of the trails, uh, heritage trails that uh, have to be showcased 
as part of the storytelling of the history of Kuala Lumpur. So it is very important that Kampung uh, Bukit Nenas uh, be uh, identified as the place marker. We, um, in fact, in this, um, like I mentioned just now, the Bukit Nenas uh, area, we, we call it as the urban forest trail because of the character of the area. And it's one of the 13 um, heritage trees that we propose. And in this particular trail, there are about 26 place markers. What is meant by place markers is actually buildings, sites, any physical elements that contribute to the history and the character uh, of the place. So, Convo Bukit Nenas is being categorized as a heritage school under these uh, 26 uh, place uh, markers. So, the fact that we have the CBN, you know, Hagimzi, is one way of protecting the forest, which if you notice that the forest actually the original uh, size of the Bukit Nanas was about 17.5 hectares. And now it has shrunk to about 9.3 hectares, nearly half of it due to the surrounding developments, you know, like the uh, KL Tower, which, which is actually engulfing this um, this nature uh, uh, area that is actually should be protected for the future generation. So my concern is that, you know, and I think my most people's concern is that if the CBN is not being ensured uh, the full protection from future pressure for development, you know, the hill itself, the Bukit Nenas also will be threatened because at the moment, you know, it's, it's quite protected by uh, by CBN becoming one of the uh, contexts uh, giving the setting to the hill. How important is it for us to take this issue seriously and um, mm-hmm. how important is it for, mm-hmm. for the public to, I guess, play an important role in, in speaking up and ensuring that at least something right will be done uh, with regard to this school and, and actually, the space itself? Yeah, yeah. actually, um, the, the Department of National Heritage has tried to gazette the school as one of its uh, listed buildings, you know, then you can get uh, full protection under the under the Heritage Act. But it seems that I'm the trustee of the school at that time challenged the, the decision in court and the, the decision was reversed. So it's not a listed building or a building that is being gazetted as a heritage building. But it is located in the zone of the secondary heritage area by the DBKL. But the, the problem is that without a full protection, under the law, you know, uh, the owner has the right to actually do changes to the building or maybe stop uh, cease functioning uh, there. Uh, even though, as far as the uh, planning policy, that the area is known as educational. So, what the public can do is actually, as in what's happened in other countries, is to show concern and to uh, register their opinion as to uh, how the school and the building uh, matters in their life and how it contributes to their livelihood, how it has become uh, synonym to the identity of the place and how how much the buildings, uh, how much they have attached to this kind of, uh, to this kind of place. Because after all, you know, we are planning for the people. You know, it's the people who are living in the city. If you want to make a place livable, you know, you have to make people happy with their environment and it has to 
provide a, a complete uh, like a, like a complete facilities to the people because if you keep uh, relocating schools outside the city center then who wants to live in the city isn't it because schools are actually part of people's life when you have family you will tend to have children and then you have to send them to school so if all the schools are located outside the city center you know it would be quite a nuisance you know to to have to um to have to move out from the city you know to send your your your, uh, your children to school like I said, another reason, and there are two actually two criteria that when when we uh, uh, I forgot to mention just now when we um, identified um, CBN as a place marker for the trails, actually we had eight criteria to decide whether the building or elements becomes a place marker based on UNESCO outstanding universal values, and CBN fulfilled two of these criteria, which means. First, it reflects the form and culture of an early settlement. And then the second criteria is that it represents excellence in architecture, arts landscape that is unique in the context of the history of Kuala Lumpur. So due to this criteria, it's very important that we retain CBN and its function as an a school. And what interested us more in Prekabanda is that it's unique architecture. You know, it, it has... This Romanesque Baroque kind of architecture, which you cannot really see elsewhere in the country. And it also helps our students in architecture, students in the art, students in history to actually see for themselves, you know, the kind of uh, building that is built, normally built during the, the, that, that period. So if we keep demolishing all our historical buildings, then they would have to resort to looking to the uh, magazines or in the internet, which is not the same as you know looking at the building in the. And for the those who are studying in that kind of school, it fosters a sense of pride to the students. You know, if you are if you are studying in a in a building that is of heritage and value and of architectural significance. It's quite acceptable, even it's understandable if, if the public is uh, concerned about this because it does matter uh, to them, especially for those who have studied there or for those who have sent their children to school. And if you look at the alumni, they have got very prominent uh, people who are alumni of the school. So you can see the contribution of the school. And also, as far as architecture is concerned, if you demolish this building, you can never rebuild it again. You know, with that quality and with the kind of material that they, they, they had during that time or the kind of the craftsmanship or technology of that time. That's why conservation uh, is not just about, you know, retaining old buildings. It's because we are saving a piece of history here. It's very easy to demolish buildings, but it takes years to build one, you know. Mm-hmm. So you cannot actually just compensate the, the number of years, more than 100 years of existence, you know or just how many money money you can make uh, out of the land. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Shuana Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda or Malaysian Urban Design Association. And we've been talking about the recent controversy involving Convent Bukit Nenas after the Federal Territories Land and Mines Department had decided not to renew the school's land lease. However, this evening, the government has said they have renewed the land lease for another 60 years after talks between all the stakeholders. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store 
and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.